Just a note before we start to let you know that there is an extended version of this episode available on Ko-Fi. The link is in the notes. If you'd like to donate or purchase, you can gain access to it. Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My guest today is my dear friend Em. Kia ora. And we're going to be discussing Letter 20 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 20, Mrs. Vernon to Lady de Courcy, Churchill. We have a very unexpected guest with us at present, my dear mother. He arrived yesterday. I heard a carriage at the door as I was sitting with my children while they dined, and supposing I should be wanted, left the nursery soon afterwards, and was halfway down the stairs when Frederica, as pale as ashes, came running up and rushed by me into her own room. I instantly followed and asked her what was the matter. Oh, cried she, he has come, Sir James has come, and what am I to do? This was no explanation. I begged her to tell me what she meant. At that moment, we were interrupted by a knock at the door. It was Reginald, who came by Lady Susan's direction to call Frederica down. It is Mr. de Courcy, she said, colouring violently. Mamma has sent for me and I must go. We all three went down together and I saw my brother examining the terrified face of Frederica with surprise. In the breakfast room, we found Lady Susan and a young man of genteel appearance, whom she introduced to me by the name of Sir James Martin, The very person, as you may remember, whom it was said she had been at pains to detach from Miss Mannering. But the conquest, it seems, was not designed for herself, or she has since transferred it to her daughter. For Sir James is now desperately in love with Frederica, and with full encouragement from Mama. The poor girl, however, I am sure dislikes him. And though his person and address are very well, he appears both to Mr Vernon and me a very weak young man. Frederica looks so shy so confused when we entered the room that I felt for her exceedingly. Lady Susan behaved with great attention to her visitor and yet I thought I could perceive that she had no particular pleasure in seeing him. Sir James talked a good deal and made many civil excuses to me for the liberty he had taken in coming to Churchill. Mixing more frequent laughter with his discourse than the subject required, said many things over and over again, and told Lady Susan three times that he had seen Mrs. Johnson a few evenings before. He now and then addressed Frederica, but more frequently her mother. The poor girl sat all this time without opening her lips, her eyes cast down and her colour varying every instant, while Reginald observed all that passed in perfect silence. At length, Lady Susan, weary, I believe, of her situation, proposed walking, and we left the two gentlemen together to put on our polices. As we went upstairs, Lady Susan begged permission to attend me for a few moments in my dressing room, as she was anxious to speak with me in private. I led her thither accordingly, and as soon as the door was closed, she said, I was never more surprised in my life than by Sir James's arrival, and the suddenness of it requires some apology to you, my dear sister, though to me, as a mother, it is highly flattering. He is so warmly attached to my daughter that he could no longer exist without seeing her. Sir James is a young man of an amiable disposition and excellent character. Little too much of the rattle, perhaps, but a year or two will rectify that. And he is in other respects so very eligible a match for Frederica, that I have always observed his attachment with the greatest pleasure, and am persuaded that you and my brother will give the alliance your hearty approbation. I have never before mentioned the likelihood of its taking place to anyone, because I thought that while Frederica continued at school, it had better not be known to exist. But now, as I am convinced that Frederica is too old ever to submit to school confinement, and have therefore begun to consider her union with Sir James as not very distant, 
I had intended within a few days to acquaint yourself and Mr. Vernon with the whole business. I am sure, my dear sister, you will excuse my remaining silent on it so long, and agree with me that such circumstances, while they continue from any cause in suspense, cannot be too cautiously concealed. When you have the happiness of bestowing your sweet little Catherine some years hence on a man, who in connection and character is alike unexceptionable, you will know what I feel now, though thank heaven. You cannot have all my reasons for rejoicing in such an event. Catherine will be amply provided for, and not like my Frederica, indebted to a fortune's establishment for the comforts of life. She concluded by demanding my congratulations. I gave them somewhat awkwardly, I believe, for in fact, the sudden disclosure of so important a matter took from me the power of speaking with any clearness. She thanked me, however, most affectionately for my kind concern and the welfare of herself and her daughter, and then said, I am not apt to deal in professions, my dear Mrs. Vernon, and I never had the convenient talent of affecting sensations foreign to my heart. And therefore, I trust you will believe me when I declare that much as I had heard in your praise before I knew you, I had no idea that I should ever love you as I now do, and must farther say that your friendship towards me is more particularly gratifying because I have some reason to believe that some attempts were made to prejudice you against me. I only wish that they, whoever they are, to whom I am indebted for such kind intentions, could see the terms on which we now are together and understand the real affection we feel for each other. But I will not detain you any longer. God bless you for your goodness to me and my daughter, and continue to you all your present happiness. What can one say of such a woman, my dear mother? Such earnestness, such solemnity of expression, and yet I cannot help suspecting the truth of everything she said. As for Reginald, I believe he does not know what to make of the matter. When Sir James first came, he appeared all astonishment and perplexity. The folly of the young man and the confusion of Frederica entirely engrossed him. And though a little private discourse with Lady Susan has since had its effect, he is still hurt, I am sure, by her allowing of such a man's attentions to her daughter. Sir James invited himself with great composure to remain here a few days, hoped we would not think it odd, was aware of its being very impertinent, but he took the liberty of a relation, and concluding by wishing with a laugh that he might be really one soon. Even Lady Susan seemed a little disconcerted by this forwardness. In her heart, I am persuaded, she sincerely wishes him gone. But something must be done for this poor girl. If her feelings are such as both her uncle and I believe them to be, she must not be sacrificed to policy or ambition. She must not be even left to suffer from the dread of it. The girl, whose heart can distinguish Reginald de Courcy, deserves, however he might slight her, a better fate than to be Sir James Martin's wife. As soon as I can get her alone, I will discover the real truth, but she seems to wish to avoid me. I hope this does not proceed from anything wrong, and that I shall not find out I have thought too well of her. Her behaviour before Sir James certainly speaks the greatest consciousness and embarrassment but I see nothing in it more like encouragement. Adieu, my dear madam, yours, etc. Catherine Vernon. Jane Austen writes very, very long sentences. I noticed that some sentences, the words seem to be backwards to where we put them now. It pings you because when you're just reading it in your head, you mentally flip it. No, no, cried she, not she cried. I think this is one of the great things about Austen, though, that she's really written to be read aloud. Her sentences have the cadence of speech because it does run on. We don't have full stops between things. We add ends everywhere and have an entire paragraph. 
Yeah, if you ever want to curse yourself with forbidden knowledge, do the thing that every linguistics student has to do in their first year of their degree and watch a reality TV program, just like casual conversation section, and count up how many times just a person says um, ah, like, you know, uh, whatever. All those little filler words, you will never be able to unhear it. And I'm very sorry. I do need to inflict this curse upon others just so that I can sleep at night. Language is filled with filler words because our brains are trying to come up with a whole thing while we're saying stuff. So big thing that happens in this chapter, Sir James Martin appears out of the blue. Lady Susan's pissed about it. (laughs) But the audacity to just turn up to a house he doesn't know the people and say, I'm going to stay for a couple of days. That is a Lord Byron level of, hi, I'm here now. Congratulations. I'm your problem. There's something about being a man Mm -hmm. and a man of a certain rank. A genteel persuasion even. He's got a title. He's got money. He can get away with this shit. Yeah, because you know if Molly Ann, the peasantess, rocks up to this place and is like, hi, I'd like to stay for a few days. But no, just no, she's not getting in the front door. Even if they knew her and were childhood friends. We're great and fabulous friends. You don't get to come into my house, though. Rank must be maintained. Yes, yes. It is quite dramatic, though. Frederick is running up the stairs. He has come. For just a brief moment, she was having such a nice time, and now... And it's not even by her mother's doing. You fully expect this to be her mother being like, okay, well, if you're going to run away from the place that I put you so I don't need to think about you anymore, let's bring you into society. Let's show you how this works. No. Instead, it's just a guy rocking up, and no one's happy to see him, but no one can kick him out. In case we've forgotten, Mrs. Vernon reminds us who Sir James is. He's the guy that Lady Susan seduced away from Miss Mannering. And then she says, but either she did it on behalf of her daughter or she's now transferred it to her daughter. And I think we all know which is the more likely because I don't think that Lady Susan has ever done anything for her daughter Ever. So when she was at Langford, maybe she saw Sir James and went, here's a guy with money and he's stupid and biddable, so (laughs) let's seduce him and we can keep him in our back pocket for later. He'll be useful at some point. Oh, yes. The three things on my criteria when I'm looking for a man. Rich, stupid, biddable. They're trying really hard not to say bad things about Sir James. He's of genteel appearance. His person and address are very well. Just, he appears a bit weak. He does repeat himself a bunch. He's got the nervous laughter thing going on. Yeah, she doesn't say, this guy's a fucking idiot. What the hell? Because you could be an idiot, but because you had money and rank. That just becomes an everyone else problem. Rushworth and Mansfield Park is another one of those. His brother-in-law says... If he didn't have £12,000 a year, I'd think he was a very silly man. (laughs) Yes, it's the difference between eccentric and bonkers is money. Yep, homeless people. Crazy, right? But 
old rich guy who looks like a homeless man. No, eccentric. Very different things. Oh, is that some sort of classist thing that we've said? I don't know. We discover that they have continued the tradition of naming children after themselves. So confusing. Catherine Vernon was Catherine de Courcy, daughter of Lady de Courcy, who was also named Catherine, has a daughter named Catherine. This is a third generation Catherine. Catherine III. Here she is, guys, making her first appearance in an Austen novel, Catherine III. Frederick, we know because Lady Susan said she was going to make him her favourite because he's named after her dead husband. Because nobody thinks outside the box. Frederick is named after her father and her middle name is her mother's Susanna. Yeah, there's like 12 names and everyone's just recycling them and adding different like suffixes. It's not great. Please have names. Austen does make fun of this in other novels. The Start of Persuasion has Sir Walter Elliot looking at the baronetage, which is basically a book of families of a certain rank from when they were given the title to the current day. That listed all the Marys and Elizabeths his family had married, and then the main character's two sisters are named Mary and Elizabeth. There are about four different Charles in the book as well. It really emphasises the importance of someone having a title as well, because otherwise you would never know who you were talking about. The main character's sister, Mary, is now Mrs. Musgrove. But when they talk about her, to differentiate her from her mother-in-law, who is also Mrs. Musgrove, she doesn't have another title, they refer to her as Mrs. Charles by her husband's name. Of course, the adaptations always have everyone calling her Mary because it's more comfortable. There were only like 50 different names and everyone just repeated them. So Lady Susan. The audacity. The audacity. She fucking, she chases Mrs. Vernon up to her room so she can say her piece. Basically, she wants to smooth this over as soon as she can and she is struggling I know that he loves my daughter. He's a bit of a rattle, but you know what? We don't have any money. He's a good match. Your daughter, you're not going to need to worry about because you guys have money. Which sounds very much like you can't call me on my shit. Like, you know that a Lady Susan moment is good when the entire paragraph, she says, gets put into the letter. Any other character following Catherine Vernon up the stairs to her dressing room to have some private, I didn't know he was going to show up, I'm so sorry. Anyone else that would have been like, the lady came and we had a private moment where she apologised profusely for the inconvenience of this. No, 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 no. Lady Susan gets word for word written down because how else can you process what Lady Susan says to you if it is not explaining all of it, trying to unpack what she was on about. Demanding my congratulations. She was so taken aback by this. Basically, she struck dumb. It took from me the power of speaking with any clearness. She really wanted to be like, what the fuck just happened? Why are you in my house? Why is he in my house? Why is he going to still be in my house? Lady Susan goes into some great lies. Absolutely. I've never had the convenient talent of affecting sensations foreign to my heart. Bullshit. 
I had heard such praise of you before I knew you. (laughs) Mm, Is that what they're calling it? This is a bit where you can see that Lady Susan is telling different people different stories. Mm. Some people were attempting to prejudice you against me. Poor Mr. Corsi was being told horrible stories about Lady Susan. But... Reggie said in his letter to his father that Lady Susan had heard bad stories about Mr. Corsi. These are two very different things. Yes. Finishing off with God bless you for your goodness to me and my girl and continue to your all your present happiness. The finishing off with something so sweet and nice means that you can't have your next thing that you say in response to this person. What the fuck are you on about? She's diffused the situation. She's taken any polite response away from you. So now all you can say is like, thank you. I also hope you have good things happen. Even when, once again, you would prefer to drown her in the creek. Possibly with the strange man who has also followed her home. (laughs) Reggie's starting to see some things. He was examining the terrified face of Frederica with surprise. But after a private discussion with Mm. Lady Susan, it had its effect. So we know she's manipulating him. But he's still hurt. He can't understand why Lady Susan would allow such a man's attentions to her daughter. Which just further goes to prove that no one likes James. No one likes Sir James. No one wants Sir James in their house. No one wants Sir James to marry anyone in their family, except possibly Mrs. Mannering. (laughs) and frankly i do now have questions about that (laughs) was miss mannering also going this guy's rich and stupid i can wind him round my little finger and then lady susan came in and went i'm better at this game than you yeah there is a difference between i have decided to manipulate and trap a man who will keep me in good standing and I have decided to manipulate and trap a man who will keep someone that I decide in good standing. If I'm bored, I'll just chuck him with my daughter and and that'll be fine. The line, she must not be sacrificed to policy or ambition. I underline that too. This is a Frederica uh, defense team now, actually. I want only good things to happen to her. And if anything bad happens to her, I will cry and then complain to France. (laughs) I should point out that Amy has not read the entire novel at this point. I haven't. I am only ever reading up to the letters that I am discussing, and I am not reading beyond. I want good things to happen to Frederica. (laughs) I don't trust that laugh. (laughs) I wonder why Frederica is avoiding Mrs. Vernon. Because Mrs. Vernon has a plan to get her alone so she can find out what's actually happening. But Frederica's avoiding her. The safety that she felt with Mrs. Vernon, it has been entirely ruined by the presence of Sir James and Lady Susan being in the house and able to just come in and upheave any kind of sense of stability that Frederica was getting. And so it's like, why would this adult trust me, the 16-year-old who ran away and has only had terrible things said about her over the word of... A man of genteel persuasion and her own mother who is expert at telling you that actually you do like me a lot um, and I appreciate the fact that you do. Mm, Poor girl. Poor girl. There was a brief bit of light. She had a flirtation. She had a friend. 
I wonder what the age difference is between Mrs. Vernon and Catherine. Because we don't know if Mrs. Vernon is older or younger than Reggie. Hmm. He's 23. So they're probably similar-ish in age. Even if she's like 25, 26. So she's maybe 10 years older than Frederica. So she's not so much older that she could be a motherly figure but she could be like a sisterly figure yeah you get a good dynamic in those things where it's the person who is old enough that they can explain some things to you and help guide you but not so old that you feel young bringing things up to them that a 16 year old issue to them is childish and pathetic and you won't even think about it when you're my age so don't even worry about it now because it's not that's never how it works like no I'm I'm very sorry I'm, I'm 16 this is currently the biggest issue in my life right now and I need that to be taken with all the seriousness of it being the biggest issue in my life not a thing that I'll maybe half remember happened when I'm 45 and that's even when you don't have your mother dropping a surprise potential fiance on you. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Congratulations! Fiance. I found all the clearance rack, but I bet he's great. <laughs> this is one of the things that is prevalent in society, though, that we don't give real credence to what's going on for people who are different ages than us. We're like, oh, it's not that important. But you've got to remember what it was like to be that age. There's this whole thing that we talk about in therapy about, you know, the inner child and little you and parenting that child how you needed and caring for them and validating their feelings, validating people's feelings, even if you don't understand them, just being like, I hear that this is how you're feeling. Yeah. Can be a really big thing. Everyone just wants to be seen. When you're a kid and the, like the first time that your like car breaks down, that is the scariest time your car is ever going to break down because you have no idea what you're supposed to do. The second time your car breaks down, you know who you're supposed to call. You know vaguely how to open the bonnet so that you can check that it's not going to set anything on fire. You have a few things that you now understand. The first time something that was reliably working is not reliably working and you may be in the middle of nowhere. You may be half a block from home. It doesn't matter. It is the worst time it will ever happen. I still remember the very first time. It must have been winter that I got in my car and the windscreen was all like fogged over Mm -hmm. i'd never seen that before and i had absolutely no idea what to do and i couldn't see through the windscreen if you are in a decent society where people are willing to help each other then the thing you do is call someone who would have an idea this is what's been missing for frederica she has not had that support no no she has been actively excluded from any ability to have that support And now, just as she was getting into a position that she could, it has immediately been taken away. She has spent 16 years knowing her mother. She knows that when her mother starts to be able to interfere with her relationships, that it won't turn out in Frederica's favour. That anything will be twisted so that it works for Lady Susan, not for Frederica. And we know from Lady Susan's letters that she doesn't want good things for her daughter. She literally wants to punish her. So she's trying to put her in uncomfortable situations. She's just a 16-year-old girl. Like, come on. I feel like she'd probably wear a lot of black eyeliner. Yeah. Still amused by yours, etc. 
just every time that pops up in one of the letters, it just makes me smile. Because it's like, yeah, no, you get it. <laughs> I love you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I love you, dot, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is our discussion of Letter 20 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. All the links to my socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!